1: Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Nicole DePaul-Miller. Nicole is a head coach for Upper Iowa University. She coaches both the men and women's programs there. Nicole, it's Tim Berg and Coach K. Steve Clemkin here. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? We're doing well, Nicole. Thank you. So let's begin. Upper Iowa University. You guys are the Peacocks. So I'd like for you to first off begin by explaining where your school is located, what city, aside from Iowa, what city your school is located, and maybe a little bit more about the program. Uh,
2: so we are in Fayette, Iowa, which is about an hour and a half northwest of Dubuque and about an hour to an hour and a half northeast of Waterloo. So if you look at where Dubuque where waterloo is at and make a triangle we're about where the point is at on the top of the triangle um upper iowa's a small division two school we have about 900 students on campus and uh we have several hundreds of uh education centers scattered throughout the united states so we um we're everywhere if you think about it for for upper iowa um we have the men's team as USBC and the women's team as NCAA Division II, and on the men's side, we have 11 men on the roster, and on the women's side, we have uh, eight women on the roster. And we've uh, started our first season traveling as much as possible to as many tournaments as we can, or are able to, especially with the weather out here in Iowa. And uh, so far, we, we've worked really hard. <laughs>
0: Now you graduated from Illinois State University, a much larger university, so why don't you talk a little bit about maybe the advantages of going to a small university that that has, uh, you know, maybe smaller class size or or the size where you're at there at Upper Iowa.
2: Sure. One of the nice things I like about Upper Iowa is is what you said is the small class sizes. I find professors can easily relate to the students. Um, Instead of being at Illinois State, where I, as a student, had 400 kids in a classroom (laughs) for a class, and so it made it really hard for me as a student athlete to interact with the professors at ISU until I got into my undergraduate degree. Um, The the professors at UIU are fantastic because most of our students are athletes, and so they understand our travel needs, they work with us when uh, we're on the road, they keep in touch with the athletes, they keep in touch with me um, to make sure their kids are getting what they need for any support. And it's, it's nice to be able to, to have the type of relationship with the professors when it does involve my, my athletes on both my teams. Um, Sayad being a small town, you get the small town feel. Um, it's like family there. Everyone knew who I was before I got the job. Or, or actually when I interviewed for the position and then when I was offered the job, I would walk into businesses and they, oh, you're the head coach for the bowling teams. Welcome to Fayette. And I hadn't even introduced myself. So coming from a big city to a small town, getting the family atmosphere, the family, the the connectedness is what really brings our our kids together on campus. And we're a community, without a doubt. Every single day we, we take care of each other here in Fayette.
1: So, you've been a chemist and an engineer with the USBC yes. and then with Kegel. How is that experience, yes. and how are you able to translate that to helping the kids out on the lanes?
2: Uh, working for USBC, I, I did a lot of things with the sport bowling program and learned lane pattern development, um, creating different patterns for different lane surfaces and it really honed in my skills as an athlete um going out in bowling tournaments and tour stops and what I've done with my knowledge base is I've started to teach my own athletes on how to read lane patterns and how to understand uh what happens in a transition in a game 4 or game 5 of a tournament setting um and what I experience when I'm out on the road for tour because it allows these kids to start thinking in in a more out-of-the-box way instead of always having to rely on me as their coach to tell them what to do. And then when I worked at Kegel, um, I got to work with John Davis and Richard Shockley, uh, John Janowitz, Mike Purdy. I, I can name a bunch of the gentlemen I worked with there. And, When I was there, I learned more about bowling balls and and layouts and access points and and all the things involved with the technical side of bowling balls. And so I'm now working with my athletes to get them to understand what layouts do for certain bowling balls and when to use them under certain conditions. And it's really, it's allowed them to blossom and then they're able to help each other out instead of always having to rely on me to tell them what to do. Hmm.
0: And what about you know? You talked about uh, getting to know a little bit more about arsenals and about you know the the science behind building lane conditions and sport bowling and in difficult, demanding oil patterns. What is the one thing, if you could? I know there's so much to know about that um, when it comes to lane conditions and oil patterns and stuff. But what's the one thing somebody should really know if they're going to be competing in a tournament where they know in advance that it's going to be demanding, uh, difficult uh, scoring pattern, whether it's in uh, a collegiate. Uh, tournament or whether it's the usbc uh, open championships or the women's championships or maybe it's a junior gold event
2: i i have been the type of person where you when you read a lane pattern she yes it gives you all of the detailed information of what the pattern is going to be i tell my athletes and i tell a lot of the kids that i work with when you're building an arsenal you want to put things together where you have a multitude of different ball motions in your bag. So if you do get into a situation where you've hit transition and now what you were using before is no longer working, you have the ability to move up and down in your arsenal. And I find knowing things like the volume of the pattern and the length of the pattern is enough for someone like me to be able to go out and compete and I talk to my athletes about that. I want them to get the mindset of, yes, a pattern sheet is great, and it gives you the dynamics of what the pattern's going to look like, but you cannot go into a tournament thinking it's going to play like it looks on the sheet. And it's because of topography mm-hmm. and, and can lay, uh, conditions inside the center, if it's hot, if it's cold. So I try to get them to understand that. So we go in with a clear mind. Instead of having expectations and then it doesn't work, and now we're looking at our arsenal like, okay, what's the next ball we're
1: going to use? <laughs> and, Nicole, when it comes to recruiting for the team, how are you able to handle that, or what are some of the things you use to draw people? You, you mentioned a few, the, you know, the small-town community, and that certainly draws people in, too. But then there's also being able to go and bowl the tournaments and, and everything. So how has recruiting been for you, and then what do you use as some of your key recruiting tools? So
2: for for my specific recruiting, I've been able to capitalize on having a brand new program and offering opportunities to the student-athletes to bowl every week in tournament settings. I, w- I want them to understand we're trying to create a culture and build a legacy at Upper Iowa, and we want to have key things to to have our teams be successful Um, Being able to offer scholarships on the men's and the women's side has also been helpful. It's really allowed me to pull in talent from across the United States. I also feel uh, with my affiliation um, with Brunswick and Radical DVA, with my ties to the industry, has helped getting recruiting um, going because then I can – Talk to my friends on staff, or I can reach out to high school coaches who I've known for years to be able to find the the rough gems, if you will, the kids who want to work hard and want to learn and are not naturally are not necessarily the upper echelon of their talent pool, if you will. And it, it, it's 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 awesome to have an industry where I can call someone I know and go, hey. I'm looking for this, this, and this, do you know anyone? Or if I'm at a collegiate expo event, I typically know a lot of the people in the building and being able to talk to everyone. And, and, and of course being a professional too, and going out on the road and doing pro-ams, having the connections with the fans and then seeing them one day um, at an, at a collegiate event. And, and I'm, Oh, I know you. I didn't know you had a son-daughter who is looking to bowl collegiately, and it creates that that connection that I know some coaches may or may not have. So it's really helped me get the quality I'm looking for, for talent, whether it's on the lanes, off the lanes, in the classroom, out of the classroom. Um, I continue to recruit for next year's group of kids, and it's going to keep going because of all the connections I have in the industry. Hmm.
0: One, you know, one of the things, and we've had a, a few different uh, people on this show in the past that have uh, spoken a little bit about uh, the differences between coaching the men, uh, men's team and the women's team. You know, what type of different strategies and and how similar, how different it is. Um, being the head coach for both men's and women's teams, there, how different do you have to approach the players on each team, if any, and what kind of different strategies is it like to uh, to communicate with the, the young men versus the young, young women.
2: It is different for me with both teams. Uh, with the women, I, I look at it, they're emotionally invested. And so I want to with them as coach as a coach is I want to have the emotional connection with them. So when they are struggling, when they are, are unsure about something or when they're lacking confidence, I can key into we have established an emotional relationship. You, I know you can trust me. Let me walk you through the process. Whereas the men's side, they're more technical. They want to know the information right now. They want to know why this ball is doing this or why they need to move three boards to the left or why – I'm having them shoot at a seven pin a little different on this lane pattern than on another lane pattern. And so with the men's team, I've had to pull up a lot more of my technical side of what I know in the sport to be able to communicate with them so they can be successful on the lanes.
1: So, Nicole, how do you, and then along kind of those same lines, how do you handle the mental side of coaching the athletes? Because that has to be different too then. As far as when you're oh, yeah. you're talking, uh, you know, mental side of bowling to men versus women.
2: Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. So uh, I started a uh, we're doing a book series right now with uh, a Brian Kane book about mental toughness, and the book itself has aspects of the emotional side, the psychological side, and the physical side of of what we're dealing with and, and mentally in in any sport, and so i'm while the women are the emotional ones and the men are the technical ones what i'm trying to do for both teams is get them to learn aspects of everything with the mental game i don't want to focus on with the women being emotional only to work on their mental game i want to get them to the level where uh physically and psychologically and technically they can start to understand and process what they need to do to work with get to the point of a strong having a strong mental game and then the same with the men I want them to emotionally connect with aspects of having feelings and it's okay to be disappointed and it's okay to be upset and how to how to come back from it when they throw a bad shot or if they miss a spare and it could have been a match for us or it could have been a second place finish or a first place finish and so trying to I guess if you I guess making sure both teams are getting what they need and then at the same time getting them to learn the other aspect of the mental game is so important for their success then they can use what they're learning in the classroom in life in their professional careers whatever they choose to do
0: and final question I have for you Nicole uh you know there 's a lot of people, uh, a lot of younger players and uh, a lot of uh, uh, those students who maybe excelled okay and they, they did all right in high school, but they go into college and they start to kind of struggle academically uh, maybe they're talented players on the lanes, but they have a hard time kind of balancing that the classroom as well as their their time with travel. I know time management's super important, but you know you 've got several degrees and from what I read in your bio you 're also going for your doctorate so what kind of it, what kind of advice do you have on on how to be a good student-athlete and focusing more on the student part than the athlete part in that equation.
2: Absolutely, yeah. You know, those those darn degrees on my resume. (laughs) I was a (laughs) former educator. I was a former educator for 14 years in high school and in college, and I dealt with student-athletes in my classroom. And I told them the most important thing, if you're thinking about going to college and playing sports, is you, you focus on your academics first because that's what's going to be there once you graduate with your degree. And and maybe you're not good enough to be a professional football player or you're not good enough to be a professional baseball player. However, you pursued your degree in something you love to do, and then now you can go ahead and do it. And so I share my story with the athletes. Um, when I was going to school and I got my degree in chemistry, the women's tour was still around, and I had aspired to want to be a professional bowler when I graduated with my uh, bachelor's degree. And when the women's tour went away in 2003, I was still blessed enough to have an opportunity to continue working in the bowling industry. If it wasn't for my degree in chemistry, I would not be where I'm at right now, and even more so when I think about how now I'm coaching uh, two potential powerhouses collegiate teams in the United States and if it wasn't for my education and if it wasn't for me um, continuing being a lifelong learner, I would not be in front of them being their college coach. And so I, I've been working with them and giving them resources and and, and really I manda- I manda- mandate study hall time. And when we travel on the weekends, the nights we're we're not bowling, we are studying and we're working through our homework and, and we're spending the time making sure we get what we need done for our classes so they can finish and have a college degree and do something with it. Um, so a student will always be first to me. Athlete will always be second.
1: And, Nicole, then my final is what advice do you have for that high school player out there looking for a college and what's the right fit for them?
2: I tell every recruit and every student athlete, if you want to bowl collegiately, keep in mind you need to love the school and the education it's going to offer you first. You can love the coach and the bowling program all you want. If you are not comfortable at the campus when you do a visit or when you're there your first semester, you know, you're never going to enjoy what your college experience is all about, which is mostly about getting your education. And so every recruit coming into my office, if if I see or hear anything from them where they're not quite sure Upper Iowa isn't for them, I, I say it, I understand because I was in the same boat. I I, I was a youth bowler looking to bowl collegiately. I looked at different universities, um, and I ended up not doing it because I wasn't comfortable at the university I chose to get my degree at. So I want them to understand if you want to have a fantastic college education, make sure you love the school first because the minute you love the school and if you get the right combination of loving the school and loving the collegiate bowling program, your four years of college experience is going to be fantastic.
0: Mm. all right well awesome stuff and thanks so much for uh, for spending time with us Nicole and and best of luck to the team you've got uh, you know just a wealth of knowledge and background I'm sure uh, it's only going to the success of the program is only going to be growing over the year so thanks again and we will look forward to touching base with you down the road
2: thank you for having me I appreciate it good luck to all the colleges out there we're getting close to postseason play so it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks